And that's what we're going to do. We are going to get right into our program. Thank you for joining me today. Turn that down a little. New Hope Radio. Going to start off another week of live broadcasting right here on New Hope Radio. 1590 on the AM dial, 92.7 FM. Don't forget we're on Facebook too. New Hope Radio Facebook. And all of these programs, they do become a podcast later in the afternoon. So if you like the messages on demand, you can check them out later. We're happy to uh, make them available for you. Maybe share them with a friend as well. Okay? So it's so important to do that. Thank you for joining me today. We're going to ask a question. Who is Satan? I don't even like to talk about him. But I'm going to do it today. So that's what we'll be looking at today. Who is Satan? What does he do? I don't like the guy. But you know what else? He doesn't like you. Oh! He hates you. Satan hates people. He hates all people. He really does. We're going to see that today right here on New Hope Radio. Okay, we've been studying the angels. And it's important to understand who the angels are. You know why? Because they're real. They are real. We noted that angels have a ministry to uh, Jesus Christ. They strengthened him when he needed them. He has a ministry to believers. That's good to know. They actually serve us and they observe us. They do. They have a ministry to unbelievers. They bring judgments. One day at the end, they're going to separate believers from unbelievers. Then we know those are God's holy angels. Those are the ones that work for God. Now, when we look at Satan and his angels, these guys are against God. They're the fallen angels. What have they fallen from? They've fallen from grace. They've fallen from God. They're no good. They provide no benefit to humanity, to God, or to the creation. So, like the existence of angels, the existence of Satan is real. And a lot of folks don't believe in the devil. I, I, I think that's part of his plan, to get people not to believe in him. I think that's part of his plan. Like a thief, right? A thief doesn't want to be known that he's in the house. He wants to work privately, secretly, quietly. I think the devil's kind of like that too. That's why he's the dirty devil. But the Bible's not silent on who he is. And the Bible lets us know that there is a devil. And it kind of gives us a well-rounded understanding of who Satan is as well. Now, I am monitoring the Facebook chat today. And I see Linda has joined us. So thank you, Linda, for that. And I want to I try to, as time goes on, get a little interactive with our Facebook audience. So maybe if you're in the area, or I mean, if you're not in the area, I should say, and you can't pick up the radio station, you can monitor us on Facebook and we can have some interaction. You can share your comments. I can ask some questions. We can have a little dialogue here on New Hope Radio. Okay, so let's look, number one, 
at the existence of Satan. Now, Satan showed up in the lives of certain people. Every once in a while, he pops up his ugly head. One time he showed up in the life of David, in First Chronicles chapter 21, where Satan stood up against Israel, and he moved David to number Israel. God didn't want David to count how many soldiers he had. Because he didn't want him to think that, you know, his great army would be victorious in battle. He wanted David to rely on him. God wanted David to rely on God. But Satan got into David's head. He said, no, man, you got to number your soldiers. And he did. And, you know, whenever Satan gets you to do something, even if it looks good, it's not good. Mark that down. Even if it looks good, uh-oh, it's not good. Satan shows up in the life of Job, where the sons of God in Job chapter 1 came to present themselves before the Lord. Who are the sons of God? They're angels. And they came to present themselves before the Lord. And notice, Satan came also among them. I always found that interesting, that Satan was a fallen angel at this time. And yet he still had, had access to the throne of God. I'd say I would have like buried the guy under a rock, but God still let him in. And you know the 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 dialogue that God had with uh, Satan about Job. You know Satan said, "Oh, he loves you because you blessed him. Take away the blessing and see." And God said, "Hey, you know what? You take it away. Matter of fact, do whatever you want to him. Just don't kill him." And then you have the whole story of Job. Satan shows up in the life of Jesus. Remember the temptation right after the the uh, the baptism? He goes up into the wilderness. The temptations. Satan did that. He's even going after the Lord himself. How about later on now, 33 years later, he enters into Judas. And he gets Judas to betray the Lord Jesus in John 13. Well, he's always getting people to do things that are very here it comes, that are very, very regrettable. You remember that. Whatever Satan gets someone to do, it's always regrettable in the end. Remember that lovely couple, Ananias and Sapphira, in Acts chapter 5? They lied about giving money to the apostles. And Peter said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Where did that lie come from? came from the devil himself. And they died. <laughs> that was their punishment. So what's the origin of sin? Satan. And just like the other angels we noted, Satan has a will, and he is a willful deceiver. It's what he does. You know, the Apostle Paul mentioned him in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. He said, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve, by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. That's what Satan does. He deceives. What's deception? Let's look at it like this. Believing something that's not true. The devil wants people to believe things that are not believable, that are not true. For Eve, it was Listen, you can eat the fruit. You're not going to die. God said you're going to die. You're not going to die. Don't worry about it. 
Matter of fact, if you eat the fruit, you're going to be like him. Oh, that sounds good. I'll be like God. Honey, come here. If we eat this fruit, we're going to be like God. Let's have some. That was the deception. And what happened was sin entered into the world, and they took upon themselves a sinful nature. Oh, the deceiver. That's what he did. He got he distorted her devotion and it became disobedience. Your minds will be led astray, Paul said. Led off the true path. See, Satan is always seeking to deceive not only non Christians, but Christians. He tries to deceive believers, and he tries to deceive non believers. Phil just joined us. Thank you, Phil, for checking in with us today here on Facebook on New Hope Radio. Satan has emotions. Revelation chapter 12. For this reason, John said, Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But then he said, "Uh Uh-oh, woe to the earth and the sea. And this is why. And this is the middle of the tribulation. This is going to take place. Because the devil, he's come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. You see what happened? Remember back in the book of Job, Satan had access to the throne of God? Well, now, in the middle of the tribulation, God kicks him out. Finally! He says, that's it, Satan. You're not welcome him anymore, here anymore. Out you go. And he kicked him down to the earth. Oh, is he hot. Satan, he was fit to be tied. Now he comes down to the earth with great wrath. He's going to take it out on people like he never did before. It's amazing. You know, the devil also has a plan. See, he tries to counterfeit God with his own being. He has a plan. And in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 13, we have a picture of Satan and his plan where where Isaiah said, and of course he's speaking for God because he's a prophet, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. That's the plan. I'm going to ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. That's a plan. He's going to exalt himself. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will choose where I will sit. See, I'm moving in on God's territory. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will become the great ruler. I will make myself like the Most High. I will be worshipped. So what's he saying? I have a plan. I will exalt myself. I will choose where I will sit. I will rule. And I will be worshipped. That's basically Satan's plan. Sounds somewhat like the human will, doesn't it? Don't we sound like that sometimes? We sound, sometimes we're very independent from God. We don't let God lead us and guide us. We're going to do it ourselves. I know I'd fall into that trap more than I'd like to. Sometimes people say, well, God told me this, God told me that. He doesn't tell me anything. He tells me in his word. That's how he talks to me, in his word. But I never hear the voice of God. But as long as his word is speaking to me, that's okay. The word of God, that's that's the important thing. Right, Sally? Sally just checked in. 
got some latecomers. That's okay. Glad you're here. So Satan became the untiring enemy of God, but also the enemy of man. Do you ever wonder why this world is so messed up? Do you ever wonder why sometimes your life has these struggles and you're just having a hard time getting through? Well, a lot of that answer is found in the existence of the devil. And we're not passing the buck, but let's face it, he's the evil one. And down through the ages, he has exalted every conceivable device to ruin mankind and to rob God of the glory that's due to his name. That's it. He's the destroyer. He's the deceiver. He's destructive. Let's take a look at his nature. You know, when Satan began, he was Lucifer, the anointed angel. He was like the highest of all angels. He had a good job. His job was to stand next to the throne of God. But yet Ezekiel prophesied, well, it didn't work out. Ezekiel chapter 28. These are good scriptures to write down if you want to study the rise and the fall of Lucifer. Verse 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation. In other words, God is saying, get ready to write this down. It's about the king of Tyre, who is symbolic of Lucifer. It's an analogy between the king of Tyre and Lucifer himself. And say to him, thus says the Lord, you had the seed of perfection. This, is, this was Lucifer's position before, before he fall, before he rebelled. You had the seed of perfection. Oh, full of wisdom. Perfect in beauty. Lucifer, uh, you were the most beautiful of all the angels. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. He was decked out in glorious precious stones. The ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the lapis pazuli. I don't even know what that looks like. The lapis pazuli. I mean, lapis lazuli. Sounds like Italian pasta. That's pretty good looking too, Italian pasta. The lapis lazuli, the turquoise, and the emerald. And the gold. And the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. He was a beautiful, beautiful. He had a beautiful outfit that he wore. And on the day that you were created, they were all prepared. So we know that Lucifer is a created being. He's created by God. You were the anointed cherub who covers... He was the highest of all angels. And God said, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. That means that he had access to the sanctuary of God. And you walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You know what that's a picture of? The splendor of Lucifer. I mean, to see him in his non-fallen state, would just amaze you that God created a being so beautiful and so glamorous. And 
gave him such a high position. And you know what happened? Pride began to set in. Pride will always take us down. God said, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. And that pride. Oh, that pride, you know what it does? It gets us to compare. It gets us to look at others. It gives us a critical spirit. Pride takes away contentment, fulfillment, satisfaction. Pride wants us to have more and more and more. I'm not talking about taking pride in your work. That's, there's a difference between doing the best you can and taking pride in it than just being prideful. There's a big difference there. Taking pride in your work means I'm exerting the best I can to produce the greatest product, whatever that might be. But to be prideful is to be critical and to compare and to think, I want that. I can do better. I'm getting the short end of the stick. That's prideful. And you know what that pride did? Not only did it cause him to rebel against God and want what God wants, it changed his personality. Oh, pride will ruin your personality. You know what he became? He became a murderer in John 8, 44. He became a liar in the very same passage. He's a habitual sinner in 1 John 3, 8. He's an accuser in Revelation 12, 10. And he's our adversary in 1 Peter 5, 8. Reminds me of, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings. Who's the little guy that wanted the ring? And he changed. I forget his name. I always forget things I try to remember. That ever happened to you? You want to remember something specifically and boom, it's gone. I got to get that jellyfish stuff, Prevagen. I think I just might eat the whole jellyfish. I don't know. Schmeagel. Is it Schmeagel? He wanted the ring. And he was a hobbit. Oh, Gollum. Okay, thank you, Sally. Gollum. Gollum. Did he become Schmeagel, Sally? Did he become Schmeagel? I forget. Was that somebody else? But he wanted the ring. He was just a nice little hobbit guy. And he wanted the ring. And he got the ring. And what happened? Oh, it changed him. Right? He became like an animal. Lost his hair. Didn't wear clothes. Just wore a little string with a rag on it. And he, he just like was oh, consumed with evil. That's what pride does. He even killed his best friend to get the ring. That's what pride does. Schmeagel, Schmeagel was his first name. Thank you, Sally. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's got a good memory. That's good. So Schmeagel was his name. Then he became the Gollum. Okay. So you see, and this is what happened to Lucifer. Pride. And you know that can happen to us. Here's, here's, here's the thing we want to take home today. Don't let pride change you. God is shaping you and molding you into something wonderful. He's trying he's he's making you like his son. He wants you to be Christ-like. 
And pride can ruin the whole thing. Try to recognize pride when you see it. Pride will separate you from others. So that's how you know. If you find yourself separated from others and putting a gap between you and other people, check it out. That's probably pride working in your heart. So arrest it. Get a hold of it. Get back. What did John say? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, Christ, what? We have fellowship with one another. When I'm walking in the light, I'm in fellowship with others. But when I'm prideful, I'm going to start to separate. You know why? Because there's something wrong with all those people. There's something wrong with them. I'm going to begin to pull away. And that's what Lucifer did. There's something wrong with God, he said. I'm going to pull away. Something along with that Lord Jesus, I'm going to pull away. And I think I can get some angels to come with me. Oh, he's a great influencer. He got one third of God's angels to go with him. Now, how many did he get? I'll tell you what. If the angels God created were without number, there were that many, Satan took quite a few. Oh, yeah. He's got a big army. So, in Job chapter 1, the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Do not put your hand on him. Point is, he has limited power. Yes, he has a lot of power, but his power is limited because God said, do what you want, but don't kill him. I'm going to hold you back on that. So Satan can only do what God has allowed him to do in the world. Okay? So we can remember that. Satan doesn't have free reign totally and completely. God has a boundary around him. Now, he's doing some pretty bad stuff, but God still has a boundary around him. Okay? Sally said, I've heard Lucifer was the music director before the fall. That's true. I heard that, that he was the leader. He led the worshiping angels in worship. Man, worship's a beautiful thing. And to be a worship leader... That's a pretty high calling. I always, I always, you know, sometimes they say Satan was kicked out of heaven and he landed in the choir. Because you know what he does? He attacks worship. And he will attack worship praise teams, worship leaders. So that's why praise teams, singers, players, people that lead the church and worship in church, be on your God. You've got to be extra spiritual. Because Satan will come to seek and destroy. Don't get prideful. Sometimes sometimes people are very prideful. I love our church, praise team. They're not prideful at all. We have a phenomenal praise team here at New Hope. Singers and players and they're humble servants. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way. It, that's how you avoid the fall. That's how you avoid it. By staying humble. Now, Satan's got some names in Scripture. Satan means adversary. Devil means slanderer. Lucifer, that was his good name. That means son of the morning. He's also called Beelzebul, after Baal, the heathen god. Uh, he's called Belial, lord of the forest. 
I also understand Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and you know where the flies are? In the landfill. In the dump. So yeah, like, the dump is his kingdom. Okay? Now, he's got some titles. The Evil One. All these are found in the Word of God. The Tempter. The Prince of this World. The God of this Age. The Prince of the Power of the Air. The Accuser of the Brethren. See, these are, these are not only titles, but things that he does. The guy's no good. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's what we have to remember. We're not here to beat up the devil. We're not here to kick the devil. We're here to resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He has representations. He's represented by a serpent, by a dragon, by an angel of light. Yes. So you see, you've got to know your enemy. You've got to know your enemy. And we're studying the enemy of God, and we're studying the enemy of people. Hi, Joni. She just got on board. Thank you for joining us today, Joni. She's watching from the hospital. Sally said, yeah, Satan's destroyed our music. He's distorted it. Look at music today. <laughs> it's pathetic. You know what's missing from a lot of music today? The art form. The art form of music is not there. Music is an art. And the quality of that is just not there today. And Satan has gotten into, and you know what's happened? He's, a, he's affected American rock and roll, and that has been taken all over the world. That the rock scene, and I grew up loving rock music, but the rock scene has affected the whole world. It's gone into like almost every country. Think about that. Every country. And, and we've really got to be selective and we've really got to be careful what we expose ourselves to. Because Eve, you know, she exposed herself to Satan for just a few minutes, and look what happened. She brought sin into the world, and so did Adam. Doesn't take much. He is a great influencer. Tomorrow we'll come back. We're going to take a look at the work of Satan. We're going to take a look at uh, his work to the nations, what he does with unbelievers. Oh, he wreaks havoc. That's what he loves to do. He loves to wreak havoc. And maybe after, as we're going through this study, you'll be able to recognize his working in the world today. And feel free to join me on Facebook and share some comments, and I'll share them with our radio audience as well. Okay? Thank you for watching. You can catch this message on the Hope Club podcast. Or you can catch it on our website, newhopecc.tv as well. Have a great day, and I will see you tomorrow.